What's going on, world? I'm Nick Ross, and this is Fish Tank Sessions. Fish Tank Sessions. We are back in the fish tank on our first call-in podcast. With me, I have Brenton Norton from Columbia, South Carolina. And Brenton created a brand known as Festi Cards. And if you haven't seen his work yet, it really is quite impressive. He creates these artist and event trading cards for the electronic music scene. And these cards display many of our favorite EDM producers with hit points, special abilities, and art to create a unique asset for any festival or showgoer to add to their personal collection. If you have not been introduced to Festi Cards before, then you're about to be obsessed. Brenton, first of all, man, I just want to thank you for giving me some time today to kind of give you a call, shoot the shit with you, and you know, I'm sure you probably have a million other things you could be doing, probably cutting some more cards. So I'm going to go ahead and throw the deck in your hands. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, man. I'm excited to be here. Uh, like, like you said, my name is Brent Norton. I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. 25. I've been going to festivals for about five or six years now. Uh, I do a lot of flow arts and stuff there. Uh, I've created Dusty Cards, which is pretty much just a festival trading card brand where people are able to get cards and share them. Uh, we have about 63 different cards right now, and it's just creating more all the time. So it's been a ton of fun. Wow. I mean, that's it's impressive. I mean, 63. I mean, obviously, I have to assume that you probably started out with one and then grew from there. Mm-hmm. Whenever I started, I started back at Ovi Chovy 2017, and then we started with five cards. Wow. Okay. For that, yeah. Who were those first five cards? Bass Nectar, Pothead, Dirty Wook, Bass Jesus, Snails, I think was the fifth. Okay, all the OGs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of thinking, because I'm sure other people might be thinking as well, where did this kind of idea come from, you know, with Festi Cards? It was really just something that I wanted to do. I'd, I'd always been like a candy kid before, so I really enjoyed just like making something special to, to kind of give out to people. The problem with candy is I, I kept running out of vowels, and it would take forever. And I just wanted something that was a little more like personable and like uh, not not like generic right. for the most part. And so I really just, I think I like told one of my friends like, Hey, I'm going to start making like some DJ Pokemon cards. And they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And, and then whenever Okeechobee came around, I think I got them printed like two days before the event. And I was sitting there. I remember sitting there at Okeechobee with just a pair of scissors <laughs> um, and cutting like 500 cards. I actually had blisters. I remember blisters on my fingers from cutting too much. And so, yeah, that's how it all started then. So you had to independently cut, 500 cards with a pair of scissors yeah with a pair of scissors it was a lot of fun oh uh 100 worth it yeah the reactions i was getting from everyone was just it was worth it well i can only <laughs> imagine what some of those reactions were like because i mean essentially that was your your first day boot of festi cards over at okeechobee so kind of can you maybe kind of give us some feedback as far as kind of what some of those uh expressions were like when you were handing them out people were just kind of blown away that they'd never seen something like that before and i remember giving cards out like giving base nectar cards out at during base nectar set and giving snail's card out during snail set and people were just blown away <laughs> um it was a ton of fun i remember at one point i gave a card to someone and they like started crying and i wow. was like i didn't know what to, i didn't know what to do and i was just like all right like have a great festival and like uh, she ended up fighting me like later on and they were like tears of joy. She was like, it was probably like one of the happiest moments of her festival experience. It was, it was awesome. That's incredible. Cause I mean, I got to imagine, I mean, you know, especially for someone that hasn't seen one before and especially if it's delivered right during that set and it's like, Hey, here you go. Here's a base nectar card or here's a snails card during that set. 
that's just got to be mm-hmm. a magical moment for somebody else. I mean, that's, that's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. <laughs> So I uh, I see you kind of out there collaborating with several different artists when you're designing these cards. Who did you really have the most fun collaborating with and kind of why? Definitely Jade Cicada. Whenever I had first, because I had like messaged him like, hey, uh, I'm wanting to make a card for you. Can I, can I get like a picture to use for your image? I didn't know beforehand, but apparently he doesn't like there's no pictures of him on the Internet at all. Uh, because he doesn't want people to recognize his face. Right. So, like, photographers, at a, there's no photographers at a show. There's, like, no media passes or anything going on. So, like, when I messaged him, he was like, well, hey, you can just use one of the album artworks. And he, like, gave me the choice between, like, Fish Juice, Bidey Vaders, and Eolium Owens. And I ended up going with the uh, Bidey Vaders, Bidey Vaders album artwork, because I just thought it, it fit him the best as a bug type, with it being, like, green and yellow vibe. And he was like, Bet, can I, like, fix the, can I, like, help with the attacks? And I, like, sent him pretty much what I had already like brainstorming came up with. And he was like, Oh, actually that's, that's good. Like, <laughs> you can just, you can just use those. And it just ended up working out. Um, I ended up actually told him, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be at your show in like a month or so. Can I like give you some cards afterwards? And like after the show, I ended up meeting up with him. I just like texted him and met up with him backstage. And he ended up signing like, he was, uh, I was like, can you sign some cards for me? And he was like, and I just gave him some, I gave him some cards and he was like, how many do you want to sign? And I was just like handed him a stack. And he was like that. And he just started signing card after card. I think I had like 20 cards signed by Jay Takeda at one point. Wow. What was his reaction when he first saw like the finished product and he saw his actual, he saw his name on a card. What was his, what was his reaction like? He loved it. Yeah. He thought it was super cool. I remember we handed out like uh, 200 cards at that set that night and like gave them to pretty much everyone. Whenever like afterwards I, I gave him like 20, 30 cards just to like have for himself and to like give to his, the people working for him and his crew and his family or whoever else. Um, and then gave him like a full set with like all of my cards at that time. And it was super cool. He like, he saw the tipper card and he was like, Oh, bet. Let me like text Dave real fast and see what he <laughs> thinks of this. And he like straight up like pulled out his phone. He's like, yeah, Dave's in Hawaii. So he's like two hours behind us and like text Dave, like text tipper. And so it was super cool. I, I could only imagine kind of the excitement that you had too in that moment, get, getting able to be able to <laughs> deliver that and then also have him, you know, go ahead and text Dave Tipper. And, and I'm sure he probably came on board because I'm pretty sure I saw a Tipper card in your collection also. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Tipper said, it. yeah, Tipper was cool with, uh, with me giving him out. He was super hyped about it. Nice. Oh, that's too cool, man. Uh, so I know you named kind of your, your first five artists, but, you know, I'm kind of curious, who was the first artist you made a card for and kind of how did all that come together? <sighs> There was never really a moment where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to try and do this. And I ended up just like typing some stuff up uh-huh. and was just like, this, this is, it was, I just wanted to be funny. I think it might've been like the dirty wook or bass nectar or something along those lines where I was just like trying to be funny or something that people would laugh and right. enjoy. Well, I think that's like the most creative part about these cards is when you do see their special abilities and how they just relate so well with the particular artist on that card. I know I was looking through mm-hmm. a bunch of them earlier and just kind of cracking up and also just amazed at how in line they are with kind of the culture each one of those DJs represent. Thank you. Yeah, actually, I spend a lot of time doing research and development for all the cards. It's probably my brainstorming process is probably like one to two months from when like a card goes <laughs> on my to-do list. Like I'll just have like a whole like I'm in no rush to design the card because I'd rather do like really good quality over like having like a shit ton of cards. Sure. I'd rather just like have do a bunch of research and like even for some artists that I'm not too familiar with, I'll like go into their fan groups and be like, Hey, like give me some fun facts or like information that I should know about this artist to really like bring it all together. One example was like someone had messaged me like requesting an Alice in Wonderland card. And prior to me designing her card, I wasn't really too involved with her. And all they told me was her motto needs to be a fuck me up on a spiritual level. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? 
Like, what does that even mean? And so, like, I did a, a ton of research and I, like, found out that she, like, was just, like, playing some set. I forget what set it was somewhere. And she just, like, hopped on the mic and was just, like, fuck me up on a spiritual level. And, like, after that, I was just, like, she's fucking awesome. I got to say real fast, one of my favorite artists to probably do research on was Grammatic. I, I found so much more love for Grammatic after I, like, did research on on him and his songs. His whole album, I think it was Epigram, the whole album, like, every song track that's in his his album has a different meaning to it. So, like, for example, one of the songs on the, on the, tra- on the album is uh, the Goldilocks Zone. Uh-huh. Uh, what that mean- is referencing is, like, the the space that Earth is where it's in the universe, like, in our solar system, where it's not too close to the sun, where it's too hot, and not too far from the sun, where it's too cold. It's in that Goldilocks Zone that's just right. And, and all of the songs on that entire album have, like, some kind of deeper meaning. The track Voyager Twins is in reference to, like, two rockets that took off, or two satellites that took off back in, like, the, the 90s or something. And then uh, Shinoko Yakimoto, I probably butchered that name, but it's the, his, his track about the uh, cryptocurrency. Um, that's referencing the, the creator of uh, Bitcoin. And so, like, there's so much depth in all of his tracks. It just kind of created that much more love for me to, to find. Yeah, so it just seems like just doing all your homework and getting all this backlog on your creativity, you're able to find out also all these little hidden gems mm-hmm. kind of about these producers that maybe the average person wouldn't know, but since you've done your research to really try to get to know who they are and be able to really highlight what you believe their special ability should be on that card, that also kind of gives you that ability to be able to kind of know more about them, which also has to be a pretty good feeling, I might say, right? Yeah, it's really good. I feel like some people... I don't want to say don't appreciate the cards as uh, enough, but like the amount of depth that goes in each attack, if you like know, know that artist really well, you'll like pick up on those like little hints that like some people at like a first glance won't see. Sure. If that makes sense. Uh huh. Well, like, I mean, I was checking out your subtronics card today and you know, the first thing I see on the special ability is Wook laser. Cause you know, I mean, even in the past, you know, going over to um, like I was at Wakan recently and seeing Subtronics, I mean, it brings out all the Wooks and it's like, like so in line with what is representing from that type of music. And I just, it just gives me a nice <laughs> chuckle on the inside and I just absolutely love it. I think he has a song called Book Laser, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh, he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. So are you, are you working on any new artist cards maybe that we can maybe kind of hope to see in the future that aren't released yet? I have a ton of stuff in the works. Just recently finished uh, Said the Sky and Barely Alive. They haven't been okay. released yet. I'm planning on releasing them with our next pack of cards that come out, probably before Okeechobee, because I know Said the Sky is going to be performing at Okeechobee, and I'd love to be giving out his cards at that set. And then we have Spongle. He has been on my list for a good while. I'm just kind of, I'm waiting to, I want to, I think I got the, the attacks down for the most part, but I really want to get his artwork down and like have the perfect piece of art to showcase on right. his card. Mm-hmm. So I'm still like messaging, I'm messaging a few uh, visual artists to see if I can like get permission to use one of their pieces or something. So that's, that's all that's waiting for, for the most part. Okay. So something soon that we could probably look forward to seeing. Yeah. Hopefully in the next couple of months, like I said, I'm not really in any rush on that one. I'm not really waiting to get it perfect. Absolutely. Cause I know yeah. there's a, there's a lot of huge Spongle fans out there that are just like waiting for, waiting for his card. So I want, I don't want to disappoint. Yeah, and with that too, I mean, you got some of the old blood too with Spongle, so you definitely want to make sure you get it right because it's not just kind of the newcomers, it's also that history that comes with Spongle. So it's a lot of, a lot exactly. of back history and depth that can go on with that kind of card. Exactly. So kind of on a, on a personal note, you know, I see you posting videos all the time of you cutting cards, and to be honest, man, it just looks like a lot of work. 
<laughs> it really does. I see you sometimes get help. Sometimes you're doing it on your own. Thankfully, I see that you have your own cutting machine and you're not using scissors again because, man, God forbid, you don't want to get those blisters again like you did at Okeechobee. But um, yeah. can you kind of share with us kind of like what that process is like cutting those cards and kind of the time it takes? It's a really long process. And that's probably where I spend 80% of my time with Dusty cards, if not more. I, I probably have cut over 40,000 to 50,000 cards within the last three years. Wow. Um, and I, I cut them all. I cut them all by hand, pretty much by myself. You saw on that one video um, where I had my friend. And we sat down for about eight hours and just chopped cards oh, till like three in the morning one day, <laughs> um, and only and only cut about a little over like fifteen hundred cards. And that took eight hours. Wow. Yeah, we sat there for eight hours, the two of us cutting cutting cards nonstop. But I am super excited. I don't know if you saw the video where I ordered my industrial grade cutter. It's going to be like a, a machine cutter. It's electric, so you just press a button and it can slice through probably about 50 sheets of my cardstock, 200 sheets. Wow. So it's now all automated and you don't have to do it manually by pulling that lever? Yes. It's going to be. That's yeah. a game changer for you. <laughs> it's going to be really great. What are you going to do with the other, that additional 80% time, man? And there's so many other things I can work on with this. We're working on getting our website built right now. I'm trying to get holographics in the works. Ooh, there you go. Which are, which are a lot more difficult than I thought they would be. I could imagine. Probably a bit more pricier too. Yeah, most companies, they want you to like order them in China and ship them over. And I'm trying to have everything in-house. Sure. Which I think would be more efficient. And so I'm working on like getting the, the proper tools and just kind of figuring out how the fuck to do this. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really complicated. And then uh, what else are we trying to do? We're trying to get our packaging figured out because we want to be able to have like those random packs to where once we have introduced holographics, we want to be able to like have a random pack and you get like a random holographic limited edition card in it. And I want it to have that feel that you're like opening up a pack trading cards as a kid. Right. No, I, I mean, I remember those those days of even like getting the starter pack whenever I was first buying Pokemon cards. And, you know, I think everybody in the world at least had him a champ because I believe he was like the only in the first um, holographic that was put in those starter packs. And, you know, it was still exciting to see that. But then also like when you bought packs down the road for Pokemon, I mean, there was always one or two holographic cards in there. And that was definitely something that you got excited about. And I could see that same excitement coming your way with Festi cards if you do put the holographic in those packs. Yeah, and especially if they're going to be like rare. <laughs> like if we only have like 100 holographic base nectar cards uh-huh. and we just put them and we just put them randomly in packs, like that's just going to like make them that much more like cherished when someone does like have that card. That Absolutely. They love. Yeah. Well, it's almost like looking at like merch for certain artists, like space Jesus, for example, you know, they only make a certain amount of jerseys or a certain amount of hats. And then once they stop making them, they move on to the next one. And then when you want that particular one, you got to almost bid on it like an auction. And sometimes, you know, a Jersey that might cost a hundred bucks might go all the way up to five, 600 bucks. So that rarity yeah. is definitely important as far as, especially in this scene. Do you, do you sell your cards or do you give them away? Kind of how to, how does all that work? Both. I really, I originally started this as just to give them away. And then we, we gave out thousands and thousands of cards, but I realized that really wasn't sustainable. <laughs> and we had so many people asking, like, how can we get these when we're not at a festival? And I have people messaging me in uh, New Zealand, Canada, Israel, all the way on the West Coast, like all over the country. And so it, it was hard for me to kind of be everywhere. Right. at once. And so I figured the best way to kind of spread these cards was to uh, sell them in like packs. And that's where kind of our ambassador program came into play, where we have like these giant like bulk share packs is what I like to call them. where People are able to get like a discounted card pack that they're able to like get and then bring to festivals themselves and then share. And we probably have at least 100 or more. I'm having trouble keeping track of all of them at this point because we have so many. 
of people who have just gotten a bunch of cards just to hand out at shows and festivals. And yeah, it's been a ton of fun. I figure that's the best way to spread the most love uh, everywhere. Uh, absolutely. Because I mean, just like you said, I mean, you can't be everywhere at once. And it seems like almost every other weekend or every other month, there's something else going on. And you're only one person. But if you do have those ambassadors, and it sounds like you have a lot, I mean, 100, that's a good start. And if they're out there, mm-hmm. you know, promoting it the way that, that you just talked about, then it definitely allows us to get some more traction with those Festi cards. Our goal is to just kind of have, we want everyone to have a card. <laughs> like I said, I probably made about 50,000 cards in the last three years. And there are people who have said like, hey, I still haven't even seen these yet. Like, what are they? And I'm, just, I'm like, how have you not seen these yet? We're everywhere. <laughs> and so and that just makes me want to just spread the cards more and more. Cause I want these to be like given and traded at, at festivals all over. Like I want someone to like go up to someone and give them a card and they like pull out a stack of cards themselves. They'd be like, well, here's one for you. We can trade or something like that. I think that'd be really cool. Like, like trading, like going up to someone trading candy, but instead like you both have festive cards. No, I mean, I could definitely see how that would work out. I mean, cause I mean, just like the back of the day, we're all, we're all trading something. I mean, even like on my group over here, we're trading pins, we're trading hats, we're trading jerseys, we're trading shirts. I mean, why not add, cards to the mix. It's just what we do now. Now it's not always about selling. It's about, okay, well, I don't want to sell it to you. I've got this. I want what you have. What would you take if we did a trade or a barter? And that's just what kind of keeps it more of that community where it's not just about the money. It's about, okay, well, what do you have that I like? You have something that I like. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Is there a particular artist, producer that you maybe you've been working with for or trying to work with lately that you just haven't really been able to make traction with, but you're really trying to get a card done for them? Um, the last few cards that I've reached out to, G Space responded and Blunts and Blondes responded and LS Dream responded. I haven't really messaged any other artists on my to do list yet. I like to really like finish up designing their card first so I can say like, this is what I have in mind. Like kind of show them like what it's going to look like and then they can decide if they want to work with me. Show them the product and say, Hey, this is what I got for you. Is this something that you're cool with me kind of shouting out and promoting? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm still, um, I'm still working on a bunch of people right now. Probably one of the next people I'll reach out to are going to be like Levitation Jones, The Whittler, Janston. Because recently I got invited to hand out cards at Bigfoot Electrofest. They gave us a, a few tickets in the immediate past to kind of just, just to go and hand out cards. And I know uh, those three are going to be headlining that festival. And so I wanted to, to work with them and see if we can create a card in time for them. Um, in May, and, and so we can uh, just give out hundreds of their sets at the, that weekend. Yeah, I saw that post that you that you made for that. Congratulations to you, by the way. Thank you. So, kind of on like a personal level with you, you know, what events or festivals are you planning to attend? Maybe in the next six months. Six months, I'm doing. I'm known for a fact I'm doing Okeechobee, also Bigfoot Electro Festival up in Tennessee. I don't really have too many others lined up right now. Uh, I'm working to partner with a bunch of festivals this year. I'm hoping to get, I'm trying to reach out to them to kind of partner with and see if they can hook me up with some tickets and I'll hand out like thousands of cards at your fest and just spread value and stuff. And so that's um, any fest within my radius of like eight hours away that I can just drive to on a weekend this year. And I'm planning on uh, messaging like 20 festivals or however many I can. What kind of responses? Cause I mean, I'm sure you've been probably playing with this a lot. So, you know, when you do reach out to a festival planner or maybe let's just say it's a venue or something for a show, what kind of responses do you get back when you kind of, you know, present your brand and your idea? A lot of them haven't responded yet. Um, but the, the ones that do respond are very, um, they're, they're really open about it. They're like, yeah, we'd love this kind of thing. We'd love to have you. Um, and like Bigfoot Electro Festival, for example, I just told him what I was doing and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, just give me your information and I'll, I'll send you the tickets right now. Um, and it was just that simple, but I really, I'm, I'm trying to build the brand and make it as legitimate as possible. I know uh, we're working on a website right now and I'm trying to have on the webpage, like, uh, about us kind of just telling the story of SD cards. 
and, I, and being able to link that with our email and, and to showcase who we are and what we're about, I think will will go a long way in giving us legitimacy and uh, credibility. I could definitely see that. I mean, I, I mean, just even imagining because you see still like even at certain festivals, and even at some shows, because I'm over here in Dallas, and we see a lot of where we have vendors at the shows, and they have their tables set up with all the things that they're selling. And I mean, I couldn't imagine someone that maybe hasn't seen Festi cars before. They go walk over to a table and they essentially could have a binder they flip through of all different cards. You have the cards kind of laid out on the table. To someone that's just a huge fan, I mean, that's just going to be something that just excites everybody and also spreads that word of mouth so much further. Yeah, what I imagine is like a little like cardboard box that has like packs stacked up on it that you're able to just like go and buy a pack from one of the vendors. And we, we have like certain vendors in festival like vending the cards for us. And I'm sure we'd also have ambassadors there too, handing out cards at the same time. So you people would like see the cards at the festival and be like, where can I buy those? And they'll see them at the booth and like want to get some to hand out or, or just to start a collection for themselves. Yeah, most certainly. Well, hey, Brenton, I really appreciate the time that you've given me today and also all the listeners. If people wanted to find more about you online, where can they find you? You can go to our Facebook page, just facebook.com slash cards, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at cards. Boom. All right, cool. Well, you guys all heard it. Is there anything, Brenton, that you maybe want to lead off with before we go and end the call? Only thing I want to say is just thanks, everyone, for your support. Um, I hope we can get each and every one of you a card very soon. Thanks. I need to get a card from you. I don't have a card. I've been seeing them all over the place. And that's kind of where this whole spike came from me wanting to reach out to you. And I'm just so grateful that you responded to me. Because like you said, sometimes when you, when you send messages to people, you don't get a response. So I'm grateful for that. Hopefully in the near future, I can get a card in my hand and maybe start my own little collection. So that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. But again, man, thank you so much for your time. Learned a lot more about Festi Cards. Learned a lot more about you. And we'll see you all next time on Fish Tank Sessions.